Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. Ed, always great to catch up with you. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, some fun weather talk, right? Yeah, always, always the case on these podcasts. And we we had, we did one of the our favorite things that we look forward to all year, and that is our winter prediction, mm-hmm. which if you missed it, <laughs> just aired. Yes, it did. And you can always go back and watch it at CBS21.com. But I have to disagree with that a little bit because I, I always look forward to it. But this year, I'm a little miffed because last year was such a gut punch to most of us forecasting uh, winter weather. You know, we really didn't have much of a winter at all. And, you know, looking back, it's like, where did we go wrong? Where did we miss? So we don't want to miss that again. Right? Right. And I will say, you know, whenever you have a record-setting year, usually a record is not something that's necessarily predicted. You know, if you look at all of the records that happen in weather, no one necessarily predicts with confidence that a record is going to occur so we do our best but sometimes it can go the other direction it's an imperfect science but that in and of itself is what makes it fun but yes it can be frustrating too (laughs) that's true so let's tell the folks kind of what we're thinking yeah uh we think it's going to be a la nina year which uh la nina is just this unusual you know you have el nino la nina uh an unusual cooling in the in the equatorial pacific and what that does is it gives us that overall weather pattern that dominates in the u.s so again as ed mentioned it's not a perfect thing but it gives us good guidance of where we think things are going to take place so for us in the mid-atlantic the northeast things tend to be warmer and wetter than average overall yeah so basically what that means is that's not a lock that that's exactly what's going to happen. It just means there's a higher probability. Now, you know, there is a chance that this could be a very cold and snowy winter, but the probability with that, given that we're in a La Nina, is lower. So it's it's really the probability here that we're talking about, and it just seems, that's as correct. Tom was saying, more than likely we'll have a warmer and wetter average or a warmer and wetter winter well, I should say warmer precip probably looks near normal, but more of the events right. look to be wet as the opposed to white. The, right. That's a good way to put it. Uh, now, the point I made during our winter special is that even in La Nina year, you can still get some decent snowfall. So we don't think, you know, what played out last year is going to play out again. If you remember, we only really had that one snow early January, <laughs> excuse me, during a uh, farm show. That was it. And, um, uh, we think it's going to be a little more active this year. And certainly those those mixed storms can be a challenge to us as forecasters. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, like last year, it would start as rain, then mix, and then uh, just when it got good and the snow, it would, it would be over. Yep. Uh, or vice versa, where you start as snow and then you end up as rain. But uh, no doubt, all those storms are frustrating for snow lovers. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting. Pennsylvania is a very interesting place to forecast for because yep. I, know it, I know Harrisburg only got 5.1 inches of snow last year, but there are places in Pennsylvania that have already gotten more snow this year than what we've gotten during the entirety of last. And that, of course, Laurel Highlands, Mount Davis, right. highest spot in the state. And then you got your snow belt of northwest Pennsylvania, which I think had two, three to six inch lake effect snow events already. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But that's a much so, snowier part of the state, even though it's only a few hours away. Right. Uh, and for us to get decent snow, we need a good nor'easter or coastal storm to come up. We, we don't benefit much from the uh, from the lake effect stuff. 
Although folks did see a few snowflakes uh, just this past couple of days. Yeah, and had we been a little colder on Tuesday, we would have probably seen snow squalls. <laughs> what we had was some heavier pockets of rain with yeah. uh, um, isolated, but uh, some hail even or sleet mixing in, and and a little grapple as well. So yep. So that was those showers were heavy snow showers over the western part of the state, but were milder on the eastern side. So it was just kind of more liquid here. But had that happened in you know late December or January, a cold snap like that, we probably would have had those those snow squalls that we occasionally get during the winter. Well, that'll get you in the mood. But yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. ironically, ironically, how things played out is kind of what we think the winter's going to be. So yep. you get this little cold day, and then we warm right up. So you know, you go from 40s on Wednesday to 60s by Friday. It's that, yep. that quick of a turnaround. So that's kind of th- how we think winter's going to play out. We do think we're going to get into some cold, but that wouldn't be really until after the first of the year. That's typically our, our cold spot there in the in the meat of November, or, uh, January. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how things play out, but I, I do think it's going to be a little more active and I think we're going to have some of those smaller snowfalls, uh, to keep us engaged and interested. Yeah. And hopefully by the time winter really sets in here, we won't be talking about tropical systems anymore. <laughs> All right, let's transition. Let's talk tropics. Ed, are we over? Are we finished with the tropics? I, you know, there's, there's two areas right now, as of this recording that bear Jeez. watching for tropical development. So... Tom, do you know what the next two names are? After uh, wait, I didn't know this one. Iota. Uh, we had uh, Ada. I- we had Iota. Yep. It, it's something completely out of left field, if I remember. What, what is it? Okay, I'm actually looking it up myself because it's the Greek you know, alphabet. We're, we're going through the Greek alphabet, right? Um, and we never went past a- Ada until this, uh, or Zeta until this time. Kappa. So we have Ada. We have. Kappa. I thought it was something a little more uh, out there. Well, last last Kappa. time last time I told you a letter was before the other. I was wrong, <laughs> and I and I even said I checked beforehand, and I was still wrong. <laughs> but no, and it's now when you listen to. When you listen to the weather report, it feels like you're pledging a fraternity. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have to be very. I'm walking on eggshells now. Uh, Kappa and Lambda. Lambda. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Lambda. 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 <laughs> and then I thought I thought o- I thought Omicron was coming up, but that's not that's not until after Mu and that would be a fun name. That yeah, would be fun. Um, so uh, pretty uh, extremely unusual as far as the amount of name storms. Will we get up to thirty uh, name storms? Yep. thirteen hurricanes, right? Yeah, and this so, past yep. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I just said off the charts as far as the amount of storms. But as we you and I have been talking. Overall, the ACE, or what we call the accumulated cyclone energy, still not that impressive, especially for the amount of storms that we saw. Right. And now the one interesting thing is that the one Category 5 storm we did see happened in November, which I think was the first yes. Category 5 ever for the month of November. So that was a record, correct? Right. So, you know, Cat 5 rare anyway, uh, and then to be in November made it even rarer. But you were just pointing out, I think just before we came on to do the podcast, Ada and iota went into this almost the same identical path into nicaragua and then through central america yeah i i i I can't imagine and we thought it was bad in louisiana which it was um right but these were two i you know iota and uh ada were both much stronger and um they literally hit the same area so i can't imagine you know just devastation there you know folks there don't have 
uh, good infrastructure. They don't have the ability to bounce back. Uh, you know, the the electricity is already in poor shape. The uh, the roads, like I said, the infrastructure, and then you get these mudslides, and it's it's stuff that sets them back decades, not yep. just a couple of days. And if months, but and if this yeah. record-setting season, you know, all the records we set hasn't been enough. There was another record that was set in addition to it to being the first Cat Five in November. We had two major well, uh, hurricanes in the month of November. Which is the first time that ever happened, I believe. Wow! And one of the things the uh, Weather Enterprise is talking about is we've always talked about hurricane season being June first to November thirtieth, and maybe we need to extend that uh, e- even on both ends, maybe May to December. Right, because th- th- there have been plenty of times when we've seen, and you know, it's been years before th- this one where we've had dis- you know storms in December. So, you know, it's not it's not like the tropical season thinking, oh, it's November 30th. This is the last day I can produce hurricanes. You know, <laughs> you know, the 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 calendar's a man-made construct, you know, and the weather isn't going to abide by that rule. So, but usually by the point in the season, we can pretty much say, okay, we're done with it. Uh, but 2020 has a whole new life here. A whole different world. Yes. Yes. So, uh, hopefully we really start to quiet things down and we don't make it to the end of the Greek alphabet, which we're still many <laughs> storms away do, from. I, I don't even know what we do after that. We just start naming, uh, uh yeah. names out of <laughs> I, I, we're, we're running out of answers here as meteorologists, something we, sh- we, we will, I'm curious well, about now myself. The, the big thing, uh, just the natural cooling of the, of the tropics should help, uh, well, any uh, any more tropical activity, but as Ed mentioned, the the waters are still warm. There's still fuel there, uh, so that could still you get get you a name storm. But we think uh, obviously the worst of the, of the tropics is over, and hopefully we can put that whole season to bed very soon, right? Yep, yep. And uh, you know, it's just amazing. You know, this we expected this to be pretty active. You know, and I I, I don't know if we expected it to be this active, but we knew it was going to be an active year with how warm the water was. It sure was. It sure was. So um, let's hope this uh, one for the record books is one we can we can put away in the record books yeah. and not have to deal with it. Uh, but before we go, Ed, I want to touch base. You, you, we did this last podcast, but uh, with COVID being forefront in the news now, I'd just like you to review. You did some interesting research on COVID and in particular the environment in which it, it, it can live or thrive. And it had a lot to do with humidity and or in this case, lack of humidity. So can you, can you go through that real quick? Yeah, so, you know, and this is a way with a lot of viruses and, and microbes and, and whatnot. Um, they tend to survive better in, in drier air. In, in more humid air, there's, there's almost a, if I understand it correctly, uh, the water droplet, it's almost like a, a water casing that surrounds the microbe that can protect you. Um, okay. And also that water surrounding the microbe adds weight to it. So it's more likely to fall to the ground. And if it's a respiratory droplet within six feet of you. But in dry air, relative humidities of less than 40%, you see rapid evaporation of, these, of the water around these microbes. So these microbes are, don't have any water casing around them and they're just left to float in the air for a longer period of time. You know, that's what we consider aerosols. So you, you have a much more infectious atmosphere when the air is much drier. And, of course, and it, what's that? 
we were hoping that wouldn't be the case, but it really mm-hmm. plays into people being indoors, the drier air in the winter. Right. It just it works against us. Yeah. So when you know people say, "Oh, why are we seeing a surge in cases? Masks are therefore ineffective." You can't really say that because there's other factors too. You know, a mask does not guarantee you won't become infected. You know, right. it, it, it's certainly a a precaution that can't hurt, but to just uh, discard it because cases are going up. I mean, there's other reasons. The social factor, more people clustering, and the fact that we typically see drier air in the winter, so that can make the air um, much more uh, favorable for contaminants, like microbes, like viruses and stuff. For anything, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, we have to get through the winter months, but is there... Is there any way to combat that? One of the things that uh, I've been hearing about is people in their HVAC system actually have UV, special UV light put in to kill the virus. Yeah. That's right. been a big deal. Yeah, and, and UV during the winter, there's there's less UV, and UV also is, is known to, to kill off viruses too. But the other thing, in addition to the HVAC point you brought up, um, you know, a humidifier, you know, just make that air at least 40%, oh, yeah. 40% or higher. Um, because so actually pump humidity into the air that could help. Correct. And it's the relative humidity, you know, during, during the winter months, it's much easier to get a higher relative humidity because it takes less moisture to achieve a higher relative humidity. Right. So during the summer, it takes more moisture to get a relative humidity of 40% because the temperatures are higher. Um, but when you have cold, drier air in the winter, your house is more vulnerable to becoming dry, but you can easily fix that with a humidifier. It doesn't take as much moisture in the winter to get those relative humidities up to a level that makes it, in essence, more safe, so to speak. And you have more protection from higher RH uh, from the virus. And it can make you a little more comfortable, too. A lot of folks have a humidifier uh, you know, just for helping with their sinuses and things don't get too dried out. Yeah, and crack and right. You know, you get the chapped hands, you get the right. the, the dry skin. So all around, you know, dry, dry air is never a super good thing in that regard. <laughs> all right, let's touch on one thing before we go then. Uh, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, of course, we're asked to, to not to get together in big groups and whatnot, but uh, some folks are, are trying to move outdoors. So uh, as we record this, it looks like we've got this uh, cold front coming through like Wednesday before with some showers. They should wrap up for Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving will be a bit on the breezy side. So uh, and probably low 50s is what I'm thinking right yeah. now. So not not too bad, really, for what yeah. it could be this time of year. You know, and I I, I like that I like it to at least the weather to be somewhat festive. You know, right. I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, 70s and 80s for Thanksgiving. You know, I like it to be warm inside, nice and chilly outside. It's just I don't know. It's the vibe. Yeah, the traditional vibe, I guess. Yeah. So. So. Hopefully things uh, will work out for for everyone. We'll have a, a safe and, and do it as best we can kind of holiday uh, and do that. So uh, wishing you a very safe and happy Thanksgiving from all of us at the CBS 21 uh, weather team and the whole crew as well. And we sure appreciate you checking out our podcast. So on behalf of me, meteorologist Tom Russell and meteorologist Ed Russo, thanks for listening to us. See you, Tom. See you. It's Rarity Mets. We'll catch you next time.